A number of years ago, a friend of mine lived in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and I went down to visit him. He had really been into sailing, and he had sailed with his father, and he had just purchased his first sailboat. And so uh, he wanted to take myself and a couple of other friends of ours out on the boat, and so we headed off from Tulsa to Grand Lake in Oklahoma, beautiful lake, beautiful area. Um, and we got out sailing and we navigated off the dock and out of around the piers and out of the marina and out of the little kind of cove there into the broader lake. And we had packed some lunches and things were wonderful and everything's beautiful. It was just sailing on really well. But Mark wouldn't leave the, the wheel. He wouldn't kept checking rigging. I finally said, hey, can you kind of just let things go or drop anchor or something so you can have lunch with us and hang out? He said, no, no, if I really don't pay constant attention, you know, we could be uh, headed off in the wrong direction or overturned or whatever. I really want to be careful here. Well, in its own way, that reminds me of early childhood. It seems like a period of calm and quiet, ages three to six. But Erickson refers to it as a stage of initiative versus guilt. And we want to talk about that stage and how to have your child land squarely on the side of initiative without much guilt. Appreciate your time. I'm Scott Brown. Come talk to me. So we look at this notion of initiative versus guilt, and I think if you look at early children, children ages three to six, or even older, right, because if a child doesn't get the stage right, then the downside of things can continue to plague the child. And in this case, you see kids who have either a strong sense of initiative. Yeah, I'll try that in a good way, right? It can be, needs to be mitigated by healthy values and healthy uh, lessons about our body and our mind and all that. But you know, I, I think it'd be great to go here. I think it'd be great to try this new sport or this new musical instrument. I'm reminded of one of my sons right now, although he's 19 years old, literally in the last year, he has picked up and really developed some proficiency in playing um, saxophone, guitar, and uh, ukulele. And I mean, real proficiency, like he can play while the family sings along and do a variety of songs. And uh, that's the kind of thing we're talking about. We talk about initiative. We want to see that in our young adults and our old adults and everybody. I'm always fascinated when I see an older adult pick up a new discipline. I once knew an 83-year-old woman who went back to school to get a major in French and did it, succeeded. So um, this is the kind of thing we want to build in. We want to avoid guilt. We want to avoid that sense of, oh, I messed up, I, I'm bad, or, oh, I messed up, people are going to be mad at me, or, oh, I messed up, I you know, it's really terrible. If anything, we want the child to develop a sense of, I messed up, and I'm sorry, now how do I try again, right? I messed up, and if I did something that, that upset somebody, I really apologize, now how do I try whatever again? And that sense brings with it such a confidence and a comfort, a self-comfort with life of it's great to try, it's okay to make mistakes, it's okay to, okay to keep trying. And that's the message we want to send. Um, and we want to start 
um, with with realizing that while this stage, age three to six, is sometimes a very calming stage, a quieting stage, calmer, much calmer than toddlerhood, still there's a lot to do. And the first of those is really to make sure we initiate learning. We want our child to learn. We want our child to value learning. We want our child to be excited by learning. We want our child to um, be aware that if, um, if I learn something, that's something special. And in fact, we want our child by age six or probably five to really know some important things so that when we start kindergarten, we feel already successful like, oh, I already know my colors. I already know my alphabet. I already know my shapes. I already know my address. Um, that, that walking into kindergarten with that sense of I already know some things that the teacher is going to work with me on breeds a tremendous amount of confidence. I still remember our oldest son learning all the shapes. He had a puzzle and it was a wooden puzzle and you had wooden shapes that fit in their spot and had their name and he would put them in and he'd be able to say things like parallelogram. I think he actually said parallelogram um, or, you know, square or oval, but able to do that. The second thing we want to do is we want to establish reverence for teachers. Not just respect, but sort of reverence. This is a problem that we're seeing in the school districts today. We are not revering our teachers. These people dedicate themselves to kids. They, they work hard to help our children learn. The compensation is maybe better than it used to be, but it's not great. Uh, it's a lot of work. They don't get off at 3 o'clock when the school day ends. They still got lessons to plan and papers to grade. This is a, a, a difficult profession, and more and more teachers are leaving it because they're feeling like the children they're teaching and the families of those children are not revering them. And that's creating real problems in the classroom. It makes the classroom not as good for our child. So we want our child to really work to revere teachers, really value teachers. Are there teachers that make mistakes or maybe even aren't great teachers? Sure. And we can deal with those on a one-at-a-time one basis when we encounter those. We can get help with, the, with that from administrators and counselors, and, and all that's important and necessary. But by and large, we want a sense of reverence for the teacher. Really can start this with mom and dad, but also in preschool. The next set of skills we really want to work on are... Um, uh, social skills. We want the child to begin to understand social skills. And on one hand, sometimes we think of social skills as yes, sir, and no, sir, and yes, ma'am, and no, ma'am, and that sort of thing. And we think, well, those are kind of corny, or those are kind of outdated. Yet on the other hand, I think that children who have social skills that are developed that well are set up to do better in school. Right? Because already the teacher feels respected. Already other kids feel like this is a nice kid. And that kid's set up to, to, um, to do better. Uh, 
we might talk with our kids about how to start conversations with other kids, how to compliment other kids, how to tell other kids when they've done a good job, or how to help other kids when they're struggling. These are the kinds of skills that we want our children entering that kindergarten first grade with. Um, you know, how do I start a conversation? How do I say something nice to someone? How do I compliment something that somebody has done? And um, to, to really work on, on developing those, those relationships. Um, the more the child can feel comfortable initiating those conversations and participating in them, working in a group, the better. In addition to that, we may want to start bully-proofing our child. And we're going to have an episode coming up here right away on how to bully-proof your child. But for now, um, we want to start saying to a child, you know, there may be kids that aren't, aren't as nice as you or are kind of mean or kind of not very respectful to the teacher. Let's talk about how to handle them. Let's talk about when you need to get your teacher involved. Let's talk about how to avoid them. Let's talk about how to ignore them. Let's talk about how to respond to them if they're mean to you. Let's have some talks about those social skills. Not that we like them, but they're really, really valuable. And children who have an idea about that tend to be less shocked and upset when they encounter those kids that are not as nice or not as kind. And when they're less shocked or less upset, they deal with it better and it affects them less. And we're back on the, the level of initiative instead of guilt again. Okay. And then we also really would love our child to enter kindergarten or first grade with uh, some external area of expertise, right? Doesn't have to be huge. It can be shapes and colors. It can be um, some sport. It can be some art. It can be something that they know about but something that they learn that most kids their age don't know. It can be working on a car, working in the garden, how to plant tomato plants, how to draw something. It can be a bit of American or world history. It can be a little bit more advanced spelling. It can be whatever, just a few words, right? Just a few, just some sense. Again, when they get there, they get to school, they have this sense of, oh, I've got this. You know, I already know this. And that really boosts confidence. And then you know me well enough to know that the last thing I'm going to mention is we're going to continue to work on frustration tolerance and the delay of gratification because school brings that to a head. School says, hey, guess what? I know that for the last several years, you've been running around and playing and doing what you want, and eating what you want. Da, da, da. Now you have to come in, you have to sit at your desk, and then we do some work, and then you have circle time, and then we do some work there, and then we go back to our desk, and we have this very structured day through specials and library and uh, lunch and recess and maybe another recess, but you have to be able to tolerate that special day. And so we want during this stage of three to six to begin to help our child begin to tolerate just a little bit of structure. Uh, we have to do this for a while before we go play. We have to clean our room before we go 
to see grandpa and grandma, whatever it is, to begin to say, okay, there, there are some things where we want them to begin to learn how to manage that frustration so that when they get to school, school is enjoyable, fun, a place of mastery, not a place of feeling behind, inadequate, or less than other kids. Early childhood really sets the stage for school-age childhood, which then sets the stage for adolescence. I appreciate you listening to me today. We've got some um, resources in the show notes. And uh, unless you make other plans, have a great day. I'm Scott Brown. Thanks for coming to talk with me. Dr. Brown is a licensed psychologist. This show focuses on general parenting advice. If you are concerned that your child might have a mental or emotional illness, please seek help. Your pediatrician's office is a great place to start. Come Talk to Me is by Priority Care Productions. If you liked today's episode, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. To learn more, visit pcpeds.com or see the show notes in the episode description. Thank you for joining us and join us again next week for Come Talk to Me.